feel pretty strongly that when you're going to get married, that it it's a good idea to go through a little bit of premarital preparation, not really counseling, but just things to think about when you're getting married and kind of awkward to talk about some of those things like finances and your sex life and <laughs> what to do when your parents get old with your parents. So we thought it would be nice if they connected with somebody that was closer to their age and that they could more freely connect with and talk to. And Andy was a perfect choice. Welcome back to Winnie and Bill Chat. This is episode 11, The Park of the Pines Wedding. Hello, and welcome back. Um, today, we're going to talk about our son and daughter-in-law's wedding that took place six years ago this week um, at Park of the Pines, which is now where Bill and I live and work. And um, it is a lovely place for weddings in any year that's not a COVID year. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's that. Um Andy and Sarah were going to be here with us to talk about the wedding, but uh, our schedules did not line up. So we've decided to just go ahead and talk about their wedding anyways, without them. So this will be our anniversary gift to them. Sure. It's a cheap one, eh, eh Bill? Yeah. Um, we want to thank Anchor Podcast Platform for having a free and easy place to go and create your own podcast. If you think you have something to say, or even if you don't have something important to say, uh, create a podcast and put it out there. It's fun and it's easy and it's free. So thank you to Anchor. Thanks, uh, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. You also can subscribe to our podcast either at Anchor or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And that way you will never miss an episode. Um, it's easy. I taught my 84-year-old mother how to listen to our podcast, and she listens faithfully on Spotify. Spotify. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one. So uh, here we go. The way that we do our podcast, because Bill and I are both photographers, we have um, a little side hustle business called Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography, and we have an Instagram called Quiet Shutter Photo, and we will post nine photos um, that correlate with an, a podcast episode. And we'll talk about each of those photos, what went behind the photo, the backstory, perhaps in some cases, what went into taking that picture technically, and uh, whatever comes to mind. So I'm going to pull up the very first picture of Andy and Sarah's wedding. Do you have it up on your computer, Bill? Yes, I do. All right. Why don't you start out? This very first picture is actually uh, taken down at the beach here at Park of the Pines. It is on Lake Charlevoix. Um, picture is of Andy and Sarah and um, a family friend of ours, Andy Robinson, who was the officiant for this wedding. Um, they are holding hands, and I believe this is a picture of Sarah when she was saying her vows to Andy. So yeah, this picture is mid-ceremony. Um, Andy and Sarah 
um, they started dating in high school and, uh, and then they dated through college. Yeah. I think maybe we've mentioned in previous podcasts that Andy did a tour of many Michigan colleges, whereas Sarah started and finished her undergraduate degree at Grand Valley State University. Uh, she's a sharp girl, made it straight through in four years. Andy did the college sampler platter. And uh, they ended up, both of them together, up at Northern Michigan University, where Sarah worked on her uh, graduate degree. And they got married. And uh, yeah, Andy Robinson is one of our dear friends. Um, and when Andy and Sarah were trying to plan their wedding, I don't know. Did we suggest Andy Robinson to them? I think we did because yeah, I they, think we did. Yeah. I think at first um, they wanted or had asked if you and I would perform the ceremony. Bill and I are both ministers in the community of Christ church and we told them no. Right. Correct. Not we, today. <laughs> uh, we just thought it was, would be, we th- feel pretty strongly that when you're going to get married, that it, it's a good idea to go through a little bit of premarital preparation, not really counseling, but just things to think about when you're getting married and kind of awkward to talk about some of those things like finances and your sex life and <laughs> what to do when your parents get old with your parents. So we thought it would be nice if they connected with somebody that was closer to their age and that they could more freely connect with and talk to. And Andy was a perfect choice. Yeah. I think they really enjoyed Andy doing what he did for them as well. Andy Robinson works for um, some kind of a real techie company that, um, boy, do you know what they do? You know how to describe what he does? It's something to do with video and high-tech equipment and they set up um like project images on huge screens and yeah, like stack. for arenas and yes yeah, for huge um events i'm sure we don't completely understand everything he does but he was the perfect match for andy and sarah because andy and sarah are both sort of nerdy kind of people and they understand all the computer stuff and enjoy that. And so they all had that in common. And I think they continue to be friends, even though they probably don't spend lots of time together. But it's nice when your wedding officiate is somebody you trust. And if you ever have reason to down the road, someone you feel comfortable going to for whatever. Sometimes when you just want to vent. Yeah. So in this picture, um, you can see that it was a very casual wedding. Um, Andy and Sarah didn't want any of the usual trappings of a traditional wedding. Um, even a lot of people will have outdoor weddings, but they still have, you know, a more formal wedding dress and tuxedos and, and flowers from a flower shop. And Andy and Sarah were having none of that. Right, Bill? Nope. They wanted to be laid back and casual. And they were. They were very laid back and casual. You can see in this picture, Andy's wearing just a um, casual pair of brown pants, brown casual dress pants. And a, it is a button shirt, but he has the sleeves rolled up. And Sarah's dress was actually a pretty special dress. She um, found a dressmaker on Etsy 
that she liked her work, but more importantly, the the gal worked only in natural um, fabrics that were uh, fair trade or um, all natural, good for the environment, all that kind of stuff. It was a cute, absolutely cute little sundress, green on the bottom and an ivory lace on top um, and made to order. So I, she one did. One of a kind. Yeah, one nice. of a kind. Very and nice. she did what what was right for her, which I really admire. Um, and of course, Andy is looks pretty casual as well, which is exactly how they wanted it. Is just after the ceremony, um, we actually had um, set up these old doors that we are actually from the park, um, from a building that we deconstructed and um, at some point had been stashed away. And we made this little um, gateway to the beach with it, uh, dressed it up with the... Um, bunting that sarah wanted for the uh the decorations that was kind of part of the theme of their wedding was just fabric that would be all natural and it all tied together quite nicely so yeah most of the decorations were made with burlap there was the, the burlap bunting if you look in this picture you can see it's hang it's hanging across the archway between the an two antique doors that are set up at the entryway to the beach and a couple of wreaths that are made also out of burlap. Um, Sarah is carrying some little handcrafted flowers. Also, I believe they were made out of burlap as well. Um, it was a, um, all a very do-it-yourself style wedding. Her and her mom and her sister-in-law and, and maybe cousins. Other people helped with the preparations ahead of time. Um I, I got to talk about Andy's pants in this picture because I remember uh, months and months before the wedding, um, we were kind of on them or I was kind of on them every time we would see them to how are the wedding plans coming along? What are you doing? Mostly because I'm just totally interested. I'm kind of into that stuff. So um, I remember when they said, well, we've got Andy's outfit nailed down. And I said, oh, oh, what's he going to be wearing? Oh, we just bought him some brown pants and he has a as um you know button up dress shirt and um you know he's set and i said oh well show me the pants try them on let me see the pants mom they're just pants they're just normal i'll show them to you but i'm not trying them on they're just pants they're fine so i think maybe there was probably at least one other occasion where i tried to talk andy into well why don't you try those pants on for me just let me see how they look and don't be ridiculous mom so the day of the wedding we're all racing around trying to get all the little details in order. And Andy gets, it's time for Andy to get dressed. We're getting close to showtime. And Andy comes out of the room he was getting ready in. And the pants were four inches too long. They were just so, I don't, and he just kind of had them bunched around his ankles. Like that's how he was going to wear them. I don't, were you any, you were probably in the kitchen getting the. Yeah, I was cooking. So you didn't, you were not privy to that whole thing. And I said, oh my gosh, Andy, your pants are way too long. They're fine. It's not a problem. So luckily, one of my very good friends, Shelly, who I worked with at the time and who was, was one of my very close friends because we worked together for so many years, before the wedding, she had given me a little mother of the groom kit, which was a little tote bag with... um 
I don't know, an assortment of things that the mother of a groom might need at a wedding. And it probably included a bottle of ibuprofen and um, some hair clips. And um, but one of the things in that kit was a little sewing kit. And in the sewing kit was probably, I don't know, a dozen safety pins of varying sizes. So quickly, I got Andy to to let me tuck his pants up underneath and pin them around because there was no time for stitching it. And so his pants, which look fine in this picture, actually were about four inches too long and had been pinned up at the last minute. I could have killed him. <laughs> so you can see in this picture also just behind Sarah and Andy are their um, best man and maid of honor. Andy's best friend was his friend, Josh, who um, I think we, when Andy was on our podcast, we talked about him going out to Minnesota to visit his friend, Josh, and that's him. And Sarah's maid of honor was her sister-in-law, who is originally from the Ukraine. And she moved to the United States to work um, on Mackinac Island many, many years ago, met her brother and, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. She's lived in Michigan ever since, and she's a very sweet girl. Let's move on to the next picture, Bill. This is a good okay. one. Okay. The next picture is actually um, a good friend of ours and one of our old neighbors, um, Dennis Havlina, who, um, when Andy was growing up, um, Dennis and his wife, Tony, have a daughter um, that was just about the same age as Andy. I think she was a couple years younger than Andy, but um, they used to play a lot together when they were kids. And, and Dennis was kind of the, the dad that loved to explore with the kids and he would take them on all kinds of nature hikes and one thing or another. But Dennis is also a very, very good musician who can play, I think any instrument that you threw at him. I think he can play a tennis play. racket. <laughs> yes. He even <laughs> makes instruments out of objects that um, you wouldn't, know about but in this particular picture he's at the shore uh of the lake uh playing uh bagpipes um yeah andy andy and sarah didn't want too many frills for their wedding but they did want some music for their processional which is a very traditional word for a very non-traditional wedding but they wanted someone to be playing music and andy and sarah walked into the ceremony together they didn't have the the traditional father walks you down the aisle and that kind of thing. They came in together and they had picked out a piece of music, um, January Wedding by the Avett Brothers, and they wanted it played on banjo. They didn't necessarily want it sung. They just wanted instrumental. And they asked Dennis if he would play that for their processional, which he agreed to do. And that's really all they expected out of him. I felt, Bill and I felt really privileged that he said yes. Um, and like, like Bill said, Andy and Emily played a little bit together when they were kids. And I remember one time when uh, Dennis and Tony um, invited Andy to go with them and Emily to um, Raven Hill Discovery Nature Center as a sort of a little family field trip. And um, Andy had a ball, came home with a picture of him with a python wrapped around his neck. And um and then there was the times that we as a family had a, a small sled dog team and um, uh, we took 
Emily for a ride on the sled when the, when we had good snow. And Tony and Dennis made sure that Emily wore her bicycle helmet, which was probably a very good, good idea. idea. <laughs> very good idea. In but um, they were kind you know, when we lived in our neighborhood in Sheboygan before we moved to Park of the Pines in Boyne City, um, you know, sometimes you take your neighbors for granted. And Tony and Dennis are very good people. And we should have made a bigger effort while we lived there to have them over for dinner and spend time with them and whatnot. And we didn't as much as we, I don't know that we ever had them over for dinner specifically, but um, Mm -hmm. they're such good people. And, and now we live on the other side of the state from them and wish we could, wish we could spend time with them because they're very interesting, good people. Um, Dennis, like Bill said, um, is a very good musician and I think that he did a little mission trip at one point to a country in Africa where he helped the community um, create instruments and um, create some kind of a community music program. And he's kind of a big deal, but he's one of those people that's kind of a big deal, but you don't know he's a big deal. Right. Yeah. He worked on Mackinac Island for a long, long time. He worked for the the state park systems. Um I know at one point he was in charge of the fort on Mackinac Island and he would dress in period clothing and uh, was just a great historian of the parks there. Um, I think that he played, well, he probably played lots of instruments when he was on the island, but probably bagpipes were one of the favorite. He and Tony, his wife, um, they married a little bit later in life. They were a little bit older, um, but maybe not what by today's standards. So he was a bachelor though for a long time when he worked on the island and he lived, um, sometimes he lived, I believe, right at the fort on the island. But I remember him telling us the story about one time when he lived in Mackinac City and uh, it was the off season and he wanted to practice his bagpipes. Now, not everybody appreciates bagpipes as much as, as Dennis. And so he had, um, I think it was at a, um, a fish shanty that was being stored outside of his, the home he was living in. And, um, so in an effort to muffle the sound, so he didn't bother his neighbors, he would go and practice the bagpipes inside of his, of this fish shanty. And for those of you who don't know, a fish shanty is a small shack, like the size of an outhouse that when the lake is frozen, you can pull it out on the lake. It has a trap door usually, or a hole in the bottom that you can cut a hole in the ice and you can sit in your little fish shanty and fish through the ice. So, but this was, this fish shanty was on land next to his house and he would go into the fish shanty to practice his bagpipes. And evidently somebody in the neighborhood could hear them, but they couldn't identify where the person was and they called the police. So the police finally came knocking on his little fish shanty door and he opened it up with his big pipes and they, they kind of wanted to know, are you crazy? Are you okay? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you smoking anything in there? <laughs> so um, all that Andy and Sarah expected was that Dennis would play the banjo for when they walked down the aisle to start their wedding. But instead, what they got was that Dennis played his fiddle. While folks were uh, arriving and taking their seats, he played the banjo for their processional. And then when the wedding was over, he, um, he, he managed to sneak around. And when the wedding was over and people started to be dismissed, he played his bagpipes. 
And it was, all of it was such a treat. Yeah, it was really, really something special. It really, it really did make the wedding, in my opinion, it was very special. And then as people um, started to fade away from the beachfront and head up to the um, next level of the campgrounds for the reception, uh, Dennis wandered out to the end of the dock and played for the people on the lake. So our next picture in our series, go ahead and describe it, Bill. This next picture is actually a picture of Sarah uh, and her grandmother, um, who we had the privilege of meeting a few times. She's no longer with us, but her grandmother was the nicest, sweetest lady you'd ever want to meet. The picture here is the two of them kind of tipping heads together and I know that she was very special in Sarah's life and uh there was they were um pretty proud of Sarah to have been getting married. Yeah, I think that Sarah's grandma and grandpa had a big hand in in ra- helping raise her. Um Sarah's mom of course had was uh, a working mom. And so I think that Sarah was spent a lot of time with grandma and grandpa when mom was at work and whatnot. And, and, uh, she was very close to her grandparents and they obviously were pretty fond of her. I, grandpa had died, I think just within a year of the wedding, right, Bill? And he was a sweet man too. Right. Really sweet man. Very nice. But grandma Stoney, they call her. What's the last name is Stone, Stonington. And uh, Grandma Stonington is no longer with us. I, I It wasn't probably two, maybe a couple years after Andy and Sarah got married when she passed away. So this is a very precious picture. And I love this picture there. Um, like Bill said, they've got their heads tilted in together and they actually have very similar smiles. Yeah, they do. And yep. But you can just tell how much the, how much affection there is between the two of them. Yep. Um, Grandma Stoney was really... Um, she, uh, Sweet lady and really observant. I know Bill and I, um, because we were quite familiar with Park of the Pines at that point in time, we weren't living and working here. But uh, seeing as Bill and I grew up coming to camps and spending time here, and Bill's parents had worked here previously, um, we spent a lot of time in preparation for the wedding ahead of time. And there were things that um, we were running around doing and making sure that all the little details were in place. And Grandma Stonington. Um, several times that day approached Bill or I and thanked us for one thing or another that she noticed that probably just the average person wouldn't even be paying attention to. So she won my heart over. Yeah, she was very observant, all the little things that, you know, you just do and don't think about it. But uh, she uh, she was quick to to point out how much she appreciated what had been done for Andy and Sarah both that day. One thing that we did um, during the for the wedding um, that Bill and I put together ahead of time and all of my side of the family was we put a funny video together. We asked 
um, my side of my sisters and um, my or Lauren, Andy's sister, and to videotape themselves lip syncing to Sonny and Cher's song, I Got You, Babe. And uh, we all just had, kind of had a laugh riot putting that together. A lot of it was done over uh, Thanksgiving weekend uh, when we were at my sister Frances's house. And so we all took turns getting dressed up with um, a long haired wig and, um, <laughs> and whatever period costume we could throw together. And we videotaped each other lip syncing to the Sonny and Cher song. And we put it all together and, during the reception, we showed the video of, of, <laughs> and it was, re- it was really crudely done, but it was pretty funny and it was meant to be funny. And I know that after that was done, that that was one of the things Grandma Stonington came up and said, oh, she just couldn't get enough of that. She thought it was the funniest thing ever. I think Sarah appreciated it too. I think Andy might've been a little embarrassed. Yeah, I think he probably was. <laughs> so also in this picture, and I'm trying to zoom in to see if, Sarah has on the necklace or not that Andy gave, I think it is, Andy gave Sarah a necklace on her, their wedding day as a, as a little wedding day gift. Um, Sarah's maiden name is Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And Andy, our last name is John Stun, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. So for Sarah, the only change in her last name was to was to add a T. So Andy gave Sarah a little silver necklace on their wedding day that had a lowercase letter T in it, which I thought was a sweet touch. So our next picture, you can describe it, Bill. This next picture is actually a picture of Winnie's mom, Doris. Um, Giving Andy a big hug and congratulating him in the reception line at the wedding. Um, she was pretty proud of the two of them, too. Uh, Andy is... Uh, um, Andy is the only grandson on my side. I have two sisters, and uh, my sister Frances had two daughters, and my sister Robin... Um, did not have children. And um, so, and my, so my father who has passed away, didn't have anybody in the family to carry on the family name. I don't know that that bothered him per se, but when Andy came along, he was a real anomaly because he was, he was the first boy. Right. So I think he does have a little special spot in my mom's heart. Yeah. And, and then again, his Good friend Josh is in the foreground of this picture, and and Sarah's beside him. Of course, it was. Uh, you can see the the blue skies. It was a very hot day, but it was a gorgeous day too. It was really couldn't have been any better weather for that wedding. It was a beautiful day, and I'd love to know what my mom has just said to Andy because it looks like Josh must have a big smile on his face, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, my mom has her signature big bag. <laughs> my mom is kind of no she loves she loves her purses and uh she, she's known for her big purse um but growing up i love that big purse because anything you needed she, she could reach in there. there pull it out yep um so yeah mom was pretty proud of them that day and happy she could be here and be a part of it and um i you know my mom is just a she's just a sweetheart she is 
find tries to find the best in all people and she quickly falls in love with people and it it seems like she just she the more the merrier in her life and the more love she you know there's enough love to spread for everyone and always another more places in her heart for new people and so yeah she's sweet right now uh, my family lives in Canada in Sault Ste. Marie Ontario and that area my sister one of my sisters lives in Manitoba but there is because of COVID the border between the United States and Canada is closed except for emergency um, traffic so we can't even go visit my mom which is makes me feel a little lonely for her we haven't seen your mom and Probably four months now, eh? Well, we did all get together on Zoom and have a Mother's Day. True. So, yeah. Um, uh, what's missing, I've shown uh, Sarah's grandma and now Andy's uh, nana is what my mom gets. And we don't have a picture of Bill's parents. So Andy's papa and grandma, um, they were at the wedding. Um, I think there must be a picture somewhere, but um, we, uh, we miss them. <laughs> yeah, we as far as the photography. Well, well, I should say also, none of these pictures are our pictures. Generally, when we do our podcast, we're talking about pictures that Bill and I ourselves have taken. But as parents, we were um had strict instructions that we were not to get our cameras out. So the pictures that you're seeing were taken either by Sarah's brother Dan or her cousin Abby. Yeah, and I don't I don't have no idea who took what, but uh we were not the photographers that day. We had a few other things going on. So the next picture is a picture of that um, shows Andy and Sarah's little flower girl, Clara. And you can tell she's a flower girl because she has a dress made of, out of the matching material of Sarah's dress. Uh, little Clara was probably three years old in this picture. Mm, I think so, yep. And uh, her parents, Carolyn and Dylan, traveled from, I believe they lived in South Carolina at that point. They were in South point. Carolina, yep. yep. They're they, living in Florida now, but they were in... They made it up for the wedding? Yep. And look at look at those people. Look at how happy everybody is. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that uh, this, is, this is a little ways away from the beach. You can see the building that's an older log building that we call the Perk of the Pines, which is... Uh, just in behind them there. And uh, um, surprisingly, little Clara was terrified of open water. And they, they lived in South Carolina. I think they would go to the ocean. Yeah. At times. And I know that they, uh, they actually, she had swimming lessons really young too, but she was, she was afraid of that. It's that funny water. how sometimes people who live in those states that are close to um, big water will only swim in swimming pools. Right, right. And a swimming pool is a little more controlled environment than open water. And Lake Charlevoix, which is off of Lake Michigan, one of the big lakes, can be intimidating. But uh, I, I, when they first got there, I grabbed Clara and I said, let's go see the water. Because that's where everybody wants to go when they come here. Is, but she was not having any of, anything of it. She, nope. didn't, she didn't like the waves and the sound and... Um, now they live in Florida and they go to the beach on the ocean all the time. So I think perhaps she's gotten over that. But I just thought it was pretty funny how she was so terrified of the water. Yeah. It's just, sweetie. Yep. 
So the next picture shows um, the building that we had the reception in, which we call the auditorium. And it's, uh, it's normal intent is as a house of worship or a church uh, during the summertime when they have youth camps or family camp here. This is where everyone gathers for worship or other kinds of meetings together. Um, and it's a very primitive building. Do you want to describe it, Bill? Or yeah, it's um, the building was built in 1923, um, so it's an old structure and uh, white clapboard siding on the outside of the building. And as you can tell from this picture, those who can see it, it's um, wood frame on the inside. Everything is open rafters. There's no real um, finish to the building. Um, it's pretty much the shell of a building. It has a kind of a cool old pine um, floor in it. Um, but the rustic. floor has never been finished. The floor's it's... never been finished. It's pretty rustic, but um, it went very well with the theme that Andy and Sarah were going with. And uh, you can see the uh, um, bunting that was decorated all over in the in the uh, auditorium. And my girlfriend Renee and I sewed bunting now bunting is um um streams of ribbon with the triangles sewn to them um it's a very traditional british thing i think but um here you generally see really colorful ones at like gas stations and whatnot to try and draw your attention to advertising but um this is a more formal version of that there was made out of um out of burlap and linen and there was miles and miles of it that Renee and I cut and sewed and um, put together. And uh, we put that up on every rafter that there was. It did give it a really uh, festive atmosphere. Yeah. At the building, um, it's, you almost have the feel of being outdoors when you're in it because the windows are just big flaps that you prop open with a stick. And But it is lovely to have the breeze just flows through the building really nice. Um, they had slabs, uh, wood slabs on the table for their flowers centerpieces to sit on. I remember when you and Andy cut down a tree on our own property and cut it up into those slabs, right? Yeah. Like months ahead of time. Yeah. We cut them on purpose just to let them dry out a little bit. Um, and it almost, we almost cut them too soon because some of the bark was starting to separate before the wedding, but it all turned out looking nice. It all tied together really well. Yeah, it looked beautiful. So although this is a very rustic and old building, um, if you get a chance to look at the picture and you look closely, you can see that there is a video projection machine that's mounted to the one of the rafters. And in the corners, there's PV um, speakers. So even though it's an old rustic building, it is wired with technology. And that's one of the things that allowed us to play that video that we made um, during the reception, which was um, fun. And also we were able to have um, Andy and Sarah made a playlist of music that was important to them. And that was playing during the reception. And it was just very lovely. We can go to the next picture. All righty which is a picture of Andy and Sarah. They're maid of honor and best man, Josh and Yana. Um, and Sarah is pouring what 
some people might think was champagne or something, but what we had because Park of the Pines is a no alcohol venue. Um, what we had bought for the wedding to make it special was uh, French lemonade. You want to tell us about the French lemonade, Bill? So French lemonade is actually a carbonated lemonade. And um, Winnie and I happened to be at a uh, specialty food show in Chicago earlier that year and ran across this fancy um, carbonated lemonade. And it came in... I don't. Do you remember the brand name? I don't remember that. I'm trying. The yeah, label on this I'm picture is just remember, turned to the side, and I can't read um, it. But you can. I know one of the places that you can buy it all the time is uh, World Market. Um, that's where we ended up buying it. Um, and you can buy one bottle. You can buy cases of it. But yeah. it comes with the old what they call the French style uh, flip top seal on it. It has a little cork with a pivoting wire handle that actually seals the uh, bottle off and uh, we um, really enjoyed the little did a couple little toasts and put a bottle on everybody's table and we all got to pop open the yeah the, partway, uh, partway through the reception Bill and I went around and handed out the French lemonade and it comes in all different exotic flavors like blood orange and lavender and what were some of the other flavors there was Bill? pink lemonade um probably a raspberry yeah there was a, a yeah yeah but they were um, maybe a, a they were combinations they all sounded very um very you know foodie yeah yeah <laughs> and uh so we, we went bill and i went around and passed out the bottles of french lemonade and then um asked each table to open up their lemonade and everybody pour a glass so we could have a toast. And when you pop open that little wire crimp top, it makes a pop just like a bottle of champagne would. So it just made it really festive and fun. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was just a nice little touch, made it a little more special. Um, Sarah chose to have uh, um, hydrangeas as her flower on the tables. And it was such a hot day. It looks like the poor hydrangeas on the head table. They're a little sad. They decided that they were done. Yeah. They were over it. It was 90 degrees and it like was 700% humidity. It seemed like it that day too. It was a hot day. Yeah. So, so going let's to go the, to the next picture. The next picture. And you know what? This is our last picture from the wedding. But I chose this picture to add because it showed, um, this picture shows Dylan and little Clara playing a game of Cornhole is what I call it. What are the other names for bag toss? Yeah. Yeah. Some people just call it bags. There's all kinds of different names for it. But uh, Bill and I had picked up this cornhole game that was just generic. It was just white. And then I um, found a company that made um, vinyl stickers, however you want it. And seeing as Andy and Sarah were both students at Northern Michigan University at the time, I thought it'd be fun to put a Wildcats uh, symbol on their cornhole game. Go cats. Go cats. But this picture is so cute. Dylan is uh, in in mid throw of his bags and Clara, of course, three years old. And she's now switched out of her um, flower girl dress and has some cool, more summery clothes on. But she's looking at her dad trying to figure out what in the heck he's doing. What's he doing? Doesn't she have that look she on got her that face? Look like, what's she doing? What's Claire going? is a very far, smart girl, so she probably was figuring it all out. Dad, you know, if you leaned a little more to the left, she your is hands a are very ditched. smart girl. Clara yeah. is now nine years old, I believe, and um, 
she, her parents homeschool her. They belong to a homeschool group in Florida where they meet as a group, I think once a week and then on other special occasions for field trips and whatnot. But um, Clara is very smart. I'm not sure that her homeschooling program actually goes by grades that you can progress in each category at however best suits you. And Clara is just humming along with her education. She's just so smart. And this spring, she was supposed to participate in a recital for reading for poetry. Part of their uh, curriculum is memorizing poetry. And um, but because of COVID, they couldn't get together as a group. So her parents arranged to have a special Zoom um, poetry recital. And so we were invited to take part in that. And um, Andy and Sarah, of course, and all of Sarah's family and my mother was uh, also invited to take part, which just was made her feel so tickled. And so Claire is nine years old and she recited how many poems, Bill? It was over 20. I can't remember. 22? And some of them were maybe? quite lengthy. Yeah, some of them were real lengthy. And some of them are very traditional poems because my mother said later that she remembered having to memorize some of those when she was in school. <clears throat> so they were, you know, old traditional language and, and she just did a beautiful job. Yep. It was fun. So anyways, yes, Claire in this picture, three-year-old Claire in this picture is really studying the situation. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, this was just typical of the wedding day, though. Um, people were welcome to just wear whatever they felt comfortable in and wander about, you know, we gathered for a meal, but people could play games outside. There was a number of things to do. They could go down to the water or, um, Park of the Pines has a volleyball net and, um, it was just a lovely place and a lovely day for a wedding. Yeah, they had uh, they had lots of different yard games and stuff set up that uh, I don't think even all of them got used. But um, just it was a, a great opportunity for everybody to to gather and and celebrate their occasion. Had a good meal and uh, uh, just got to know each other a little better in a really relaxed setting. And it all was a great day. So that particular summer, there had been another wedding at Park of the Pines just a few weeks before Andy and Sarah's. Um, Megan and Justin, our, our now friends, um, had gotten married. We didn't know them at the time, but um, they had their wedding there and they chose to have their ceremony in the auditorium. So it was set up more like a church with chairs and rows and whatnot. And then they rented a big white tent that fit over the the basketball pickleball court and that's where they had their reception dinner and then they used a third building um the rec hall for their reception fun i think they had a photo booth and um other games and whatnot in the rec hall and then back to the auditorium where they, they moved all the chairs and had their dance so yep. there's a lot of variation in what people can do when they have a wedding at park of the pines and um some people have really small weddings and some people prefer the beach and some people prefer the building. And I've seen little weddings done outside of the chapel. And um, it's interesting to see some, you know, pull them off to be quite formal and some like Andy and Sarah's are very casual. Right. Well, Megan, Megan and Justin's uh, wedding. Uh, the other option here at Park of the Pines is that people can actually stay here 
Um, some people even make a weekend of the wedding. You know, it was uh, it can be a, a, a one day event or as many days as you'd like to rent it. Yeah. Andy and Sarah's wedding was essentially a weekend event. Um, you know, some of us came in on the Friday night to get set up and get going. And Saturday, of course, was all day wedding event. And um, a few of us stayed over. Now, uh, it's not the Hyatt. You know, it's sort of camp style. You might end up sleeping on a single bunk or that kind of thing. And your bathroom and showers down at the end of the hall. But uh, Or you can bring an RV instead. Or you can that. bring an RV, exactly. Or a tent. And we had some people that brought their RV and stayed in their RV. Yeah. Um, Andy and Sarah, we tease them a lot that they're, that they're in their 20s going on 60 because they don't like to stay up late and uh, and they had planned their wedding to be uh, pretty fairly early in the day. And they kind of, um, the timeline went so that by seven o'clock, everybody would be done. And if they wanted to be back on the road to head home, it wouldn't be too late and that kind of thing. But we teased them that, well, why do you want to be gone so early? You're trying to hit up a show or... <laughs> Yeah, and that's the one thing in talking to them afterwards is that's that was one of the, the things that they say they regretted was leaving as early in the evening as they did, that they should have hung around and, and visited with friends and family more. But I think that uh, most bride and grooms feel that way, that, you know, you invite all the people who are most important to you in your life to come to your wedding. And sometime that, sometimes that's excruciating to uh, to, you know, if you have a a limit of we can only invite a hundred people or we can only invite 50 people or whatever your number is to go through your list of important people in your life and, and determine who to invite and who will understand if you can't invite them. And um, so the people you most care about are there and yet brides and grooms are, you know, they're drug around for getting pictures taken. They're um, you know, they're doing their, their due for being, you know, sitting at a head table. They're, and they don't feel that they're at, as at liberty to just sit down and visit for an, any amount of time with the people that they want to spend time with. So probably Andy and Sarah aren't unique in that. I think a lot of bride and grooms feel like, Ugh, I wish I'd had more time to talk to so-and-so or visit with so-and-so. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that uh, Andy and Sarah certainly aren't unique in the feeling of that. Because I think when, and different brides and grooms that we've talked to over the years, that's that's kind of a a feeling that they all go through is that, gee, was so-and-so even there? Because it's sometimes it's just a blur by the end of the day of, of just so much going on. And, and like you say, you want to give everybody that's come to the wedding uh, a little bit of time um, of your time to uh, be able to say, thank you for coming. And you've some people you haven't seen in a long time. So you're, you're uh, trying to touch base again and, and you're getting pulled in a million different directions and, um, yeah. And you're, I, you know, you're running on adrenaline, you're a little bit nerved up. And I think that before you know it, the day is gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we always try and tell bride and grooms that if we're involved with a wedding, that most important thing is try as best you can to take a deep breath and take it all in and in, enjoy it as much as you can, because it's, it's there and it's done before you know it. Yeah, there's always a, a, a huge amount of anticipation and a lot of planning and thought that goes into most weddings. And and before you know it, um, it's over. And um, hopefully you've been in, able to enjoy a little bit of it. And uh, You almost wish you could have a do-over, but at the same token, 
they're so stressful. You really don't want to do one day is enough. Yeah. <laughs> one once is good enough. So we usually try to end our podcast with the picture that got away. Um, the picture that we wish we had taken or the picture that we just missed or, um, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time. Can you think of a picture from Andy and Sarah's wedding day that we wish we would have gotten that we didn't get? Now, again, we didn't take the pictures that day. So is there a picture we wish somebody had taken that we didn't get? Well, I think it's probably like you said earlier in the day, my mom and dad were there and, um, there must be there a must picture be a picture them. somewhere of them, but um, Bill's parents are they, very um, shy. Yeah, they love to visit with people one on one, but they're not big with crowds. They're not fans of and a big crowded no, situation. Yeah, I think the phrase is "they come to go." That phrase "they come to go" comes from my <laughs> my grandmother which would be Andy's great-grandmother, yeah. who I don't think he ever met. I don't think she, I think she'd passed away before he was born, but um, she lived the last several years of her life in a nursing home. And uh, my dad one time went up to visit her on his own with the intentions that he would go take her down to the dining room and have dinner with her. And, and she was in a mood when he got there and they went down and they had dinner together and she didn't have much to talk about. She wasn't being very cooperative with a conversation. And so after dinner, dad says, well, I guess I'll take you back to your room and get going. And she said, that's fine. You just come to go anyways. <laughs> My mom and dad do love to go places and stuff. They just are always anxious to get home. I don't just kind of a, a feeling that's ingrained in them that um, can't stay too long. Got to get home. So I t- try and always tell Andy and, and Lauren when when they do get to see them, that if they if they're coming to visit, that uh, it's nothing personal. It's just the way they are, and they they always feel like they got to get home for whatever reason. Uh, so the picture that got away for me would be um, later in the evening on the on their wedding on their wedding day, wedding night. Andy and Sarah, like I said, the wedding was over at seven. And they were probably uh, packed up and moved out of there by 7.30 and went to, um, they stayed somewhere in a hotel in Petoskey that night. And um, several of us were spending the night. So, uh, and it was such a gorgeous day and such a gorgeous evening. And the sun set over Lake Charlevoix and it was the most beautiful sunset. Um, A lot of us were sitting down by the lake and visiting and just having a really good time. We discovered that um, Bill and um, Bill and and Lauren helped a lot with food for the wedding, preparing it. And we had a friend, um, Pete Maybank, who Bill he's a culinary teacher at the Sheboygan High School, and Bill's friends with him. And he came over and helped prepare the um, reception dinner. But we discovered after everything was all over with that one of the items we'd made as a special little touch was chocolate dipped strawberries. And we never served them. We forgot all about them. <laughs> that for dessert at their wedding, Sarah was not into the traditional, you know, stacked wedding cake. So she and her family had made a variety of cookies, all kinds of cookies. and Lots of cookies. Lots of cookies. So um, anyhow, we, we had this several trays of these chocolate dipped strawberries left over. So all of us who had stayed over and hung out were eating, munching down on chocolate dipped strawberries and like they were potato chips. Yeah, like they were potato chips. And we watched the sun go down and we had bought some of those. I know I know now 
that these are not very environmentally friendly, but those Chinese lanterns where you light the little candle underneath and they blow up the paper lantern and they take off in the sky and they rise up really high and fly away. And we had a few of those, which Andy, I think, put the kibosh to. He didn't want us to use those for his wedding because he's very environmentally conscious. So they were gone. So what the heck? (laughs) And so we got the Chinese lanterns out and uh, Bill's cousin, Darren, had stayed over and uh, we were having a hard time getting the the wicks lit on the lanterns. Darren is a, a plumbing and heating guy. So he went to his car and got his torch out. Lit him up. And lit him up. And we we let off the Chinese lanterns and ate chocolate dipped strawberries and told stories and watched the sunset. And it was just a beautiful evening. And I kind of wish we had some pictures of that. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. And that would have been the pictures that the bride and groom missed because they didn't hang around. <laughs> right. Right. Anyhow, it was a gorgeous day. It was a gorgeous wedding. They did it their way and it was beautiful. And um, the next day, Andy and Sarah came back out to the campgrounds and I can't remember if they opened gifts or just they had breakfast with everyone. And Sarah said that she loved everything, enjoyed the wedding. It exceeded her expectations. And the only regret she had, like Bill already said, was that they didn't get to visit with people longer and, and, uh, so it was it was a success beautiful and they have a beautiful marriage they get along together they understand each other and um we hope for many many years of happy marriage for the two of them definitely wish them the best and uh say that i think this is going to be their sixth anniversary sixth later anniversary. this week so and you know cheers to that and you know just i can't tell you how pleased bill and i are as parents that both of our kids have found really good companions and partners to have in their life. We are just so in love with our daughter-in-law and our son-in-law and so happy that our kids have good people in their lives. Yeah, we couldn't have picked them better ourselves. Could not have picked them not better. Not that we had a choice yeah. in the matter, Aunt, but yeah, proud they, of all they of them. They done good. They done good. So that's it for today's podcast, The Park of the Pines Wedding. Uh, happy anniversary to Andy and Sarah. We hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, we'll come up with another topic for you guys to come and chat with us. Yeah. So thanks for checking in once again and stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode.